Welcome to the manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrace Macabre Manor of Mead Metal Mayhem. I'm James. And I'm Jody. And welcome to part two of folk music. Huzzah! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> don't, don't worry, we will get to folk metal soon. For people yes. who don't like metal, maybe you'll like this. Let's hope. Uh, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, so what are you drinking tonight, Dave? Uh, I am drinking my second Samuel Adams Winter Lager. Oh, from the mix pack? Yes. That's when I say second, it's the second one out of the mix pack. Not my second one today. <laughs> it could be either. It I'm could clarify be that. It, it could be both. It's just <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, I, I honestly try to make my beer match with uh, what we're recording. Uh, th this time I did not. Uh, yeah, I never really do. But I figure it's, um, we're recording this in the winter time, and yeah. See, that's where mine is. We're recording this December 28th, and my beer is Great Lakes Brewing Company Ohio City Oatmeal Stout, which is only winterish because it's seasonal in the wintertime, December, and the label is a guy on a carriage with a horse in the snow. And, and I remember us talking about oatmeal stouts in the episode that just came out this past Friday about oatmeal stouts being used for women who are nursing or pregnant to get the nutrients they need. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the uh, Iron Maiden uh, Red and Black. Yes, which I still haven't listened to. <laughs> That's, I, I mean, I was there. <laughs> we recorded it, but... Um, Where were yeah, you when the Westfold fell? <laughs> I, was having a, I was having a beer. <laughs> oh, you're excused. <laughs> Back at the Green Dragon. <laughs> Where it comes in pints. Like, yeah, no, wait, that was... <laughs> That's like the prancing elf. pony. <laughs> oh yes, that, that's true. <laughs> Where it comes in pints, like elephants. <sighs> so, <laughs> moving on, uh, which which is a drink I'll get to in a second. Please, please, uh, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> Last time we discussed the folk revivals. We we like harken back all the way to the 16 and 1700s and the 1800s, 1900s, early and the 60s about the second British folk revival and the American folk revival and finished with a snippet of Tom Dooley by the Kingston Trio from 1958. Yes. And mentioned the musical part would soon become part of the 60s psychedelic and progressive music movements. Yeah. And that's what we're starting with today. <laughs> so folk rock, moving on from just folk music to folk rock. Uh-huh. Heyday in the 60s and 70s, and of course, we intentionally recorded these between Zeppelin 2 and Zeppelin 3, because although Jimmy, we've talked about his folk roots music in the past, will really come out in Zep 3, that way you, you have more background. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'd like to point out that the first coined instance of the term folk rock was in 1965 in the United States for the birds. Yeah, I was actually thinking of them earlier today because i was thinking of what bands were folk rock and and the birds are definitely there yes 
Uh, and there are other acts of uh, the Albion Band, uh, Fairport Convention that we've, we've mentioned and we'll mention again, which includes Sandy Denny, which will be on the Robert Plant, Flood Zeppelin duo thing for Zeppelin Four when we get there. Evermore, quoth the Raven. <laughs> uh, there's uh, Buffalo Springfield, which, yes. which is different than Buffalo Springfield. I'm I'm waiting for somebody to ask us what that means, and I haven't decided if one of us should say or not. <laughs> Only one of us is going to say, and it won't be me if anybody <laughs> says it all, because I'm I'm, just, uh, I'm not going there. <laughs> all I'm saying is that when you're 17 and getting a hand job, it doesn't matter who it's from as long as it's you know legal. <laughs> <sighs> and of course, I'd like to point out, moving on from from that topic. <laughs> Uh, Dylan, <laughs> Bob Dylan's appearance at the Newport Folk Festival, July 25th, 1965, uh -huh. where he played electric instruments, really changed the genre, and really pissed a lot of people off. Yep. It's folk music. It should only be acoustic and folk music and stuff and instruments and what's not. <laughs> you know, funny thing about him doing that, because the, the band backed him up. Yeah, you actually called became known as the band, capital both. <laughs> the band, yeah. Um, what was what was their big hit? Um, uh, uh, the weight. The weight. Yes, the the yeah. weight meaning um, measurement of anyway of weight, uh, not not how long you've been sitting there waiting. Right. They when they first started rehearsing with him to do that show, um, he had been playing solo acoustic for so long, he couldn't keep time with the rest of the band. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Dylan had to relearn how to keep time <laughs> with a band because he couldn't do it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, we'll actually hit on the band and wait when we get to Zep 3 episodes, but I did not know that. That's great. <laughs> I love that story. You know, I just, I, I, I've never had to throw that in any Bob Dylan fan's face before because I, I respect Dylan, great songwriter, but I'm not a huge fan. It just sometimes it irritates me when people take an artist and say, oh, they're the greatest artist ever. And I'm sorry, greatest is subjective. Totally is. And I love Dylan and I love for what he's I've, done. Not my favorite artist yeah. personally, but fantastic. But that's hilarious that he, yeah. Uh, yeah, when it's just you up there playing, yep. Wow. <laughs> 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 oh, I don't remember the, even the comedian, but it's like, if you want to imitate Bob Dylan, Pretend that you're sitting under a tree, and all of a sudden, a nest of bugs falls in your hair. Ah, bugs! Bugs in my hair! That's <laughs> <laughs> not far off. <laughs> and, and I think he's deserved the accolades he's gotten, but yes, that, that is... Oh, yeah, yeah. At the time, the folk festivals he went to, especially Newport Folk, it really was acoustical mm. things, and when he played electric, it, yeah. it blew people away, both positive and negative. And oh, yeah. it changed the scene. Yes, it did. It did. In fact, I, I think when we get to Zep 3 episodes, because I've got the notes written up, we're just waiting. Uh, Jimmy actually mentions about how folk music, classical music, the blues, and all those mm -hmm. evolve and change. And you can add those things in there. So Bob Dylan just simply yeah. did it back in 65. Yeah. And I think we kind of talked in the first episode about um, the connection with blues music, didn't we? A little bit. Yeah. Yes, we did. Because I'm thinking we mentioned a couple of blues artists. Yeah. 
Um, I, you yeah. know what I mean? In a way, you can think of you can think of some of those earlier musical forms, blues and and early country western stuff, bluegrass, as kind of forms of folk music. Oh, definitely. Way. but you know, I, yeah. But what was it? Was it um, Woody Guthrie? Was that where we started talking about how it kind of became political and all that? Yes, I'm saying this slow because it was yes. Woody Guthrie with uh yeah, Woody Guthrie with this land is your land, as a response yeah. to Irving Berlin's God Bless America. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've recapped on that, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and we we talked about the blues a bit. Lead Belly was the big example, but there were others. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Folk music. The terminology. Uh, I'm moving on. <laughs> is uh yes. Uh, typically <laughs> sure you're welcome uh, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> shit. mostly american and northern european music roots because that's you know the brits yes. started it and americans did a huge bunch of it too so the the african-american the, the blues the cajun other world cultures typically aren't said to be folk music but yeah, it's just uh, the the Northern Europeans, the Brits, and the Americans also were the first ones to actually use that terminology, the terms and names. Mm -hmm. So so they get to call it what they want because that's what the the English and Americans do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we will see in a few episodes that metal, when it comes to folk metal, are way more inclusive. Yes. All right. Would you like a timeline? Um. Sure. Cool. Uh, a lot of this is actually taken from the notes I did when Jody and I were working on the metal podcast when we're doing just metal timeline wise. Yeah. Uh, but, but I've, I've made a few because we wanted to make this bigger. You know, it's a little bigger. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what she said. <laughs> Very little bigger is what she said. <laughs> so we stopped last time in 58 with Tom Dooley. So we're going to jump ahead even though we've mentioned 65. Um, yes. We're going to jump into 62. Yay! Before the term folk rock was even really considered a thing, the band uh -huh. The Triumvirate, which was formed with Cass Elliott, who was soon to join the Mamas and the Papas, yeah. John Brown and Tim Rose, uh, they would soon become the big three folk group when Jim Hendrix, uh, not, not Jimmy, but Jim, replaced brown so it was cass Elliott, john brown and jim hendrix and they they really made this sort of folkish thing big and there were others but do you want to do you want to take a guess on why i picked them specifically any of those three sound familiar well mama cass does because she was in the mamas and papas tim rose sounds familiar but i cannot remember where from and uh jim hendrix outside of thinking like you said it's already not jimmy hendrix so i have no clue <laughs> Tim Rose was who John Bonham played with in the Tim Rose band right before he joined Led Zeppelin. Oh, that, see, I was thinking there was a connection to Zeppelin, but I could not remember what it was. Yeah, so if you okay. go back and listen to the pre-Zep episodes, the, the second part, the 1968, yeah, we talk about that. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I knew you, I, I didn't think you were talking about uh, Cass Elliott because... <laughs> cool yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we, have, we haven't talked about her and probably i don't know if we will again anytime soon <laughs> i yeah because i don't the mamas and papas weren't really a folk band that i think i always think of them as a pop band so right so that was uh 62 
And we're going to jump ahead to 1963, November 2nd, with the first printed mention of folk rock in the American press. And I don't mean the first mention of folk rock in the American press. I mean the first printed mention of folk rock anywhere, which happened to be in the American press. Whew. All right. Yeah. Although it was Billboard magazine. So, you know, tomato, tomato. It's still. Not a bad magazine. They, they just happen to go with what's popular. And we've just mentioned that American music tastes well, suck. <laughs> yeah. But not, I mean, they, you know, they, they're, the, they're the ones that track the sales and the charts. So. It's not their fault it, people pick shitty musicians. No. That's on Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so this first mention was for the Glen Cove's song devil's waiting on bald mountain never heard it i have not either and um you know what until this point i had not and i'm going to be a dick because the next snippet isn't going to be the glencoves <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be my personal favorite song that's a folk rock song in the 60s released june 19th 1964 the animals is house of the rising sun oh yeah I love that song. I've loved it way before I even knew folk thing was a thing at all, music thing stuff. And what's not? And but, but damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, it was released uh, June in the UK and August in the US. Described as the first folk rock a kick. Hick? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw where you're going and I, I agree to... to <laughs> anyway, uh, described as the first folk rock hit, I wanted to mention it as folk music because um, folk music is one of my favorite genres, although it has some of the worst artists as well. Yes. But I love it. And the song itself is based off a 16th century ballad, The Unfortunate Rake, mm -hmm. which has a kick-ass version by A.L. Lloyd and Alf, Ed, not, not Alf the uh, alien, not Gordon Shumway, um, <laughs> but uh, Alf Edwards. Which, which had been recorded by artists such as Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan, who we've already mentioned. <laughs> uh-huh. But none of those were the hits that the Animals version was, which peaked at number one in Canada, number five in Belgium and the Netherlands, nine in Germany, ten in Ireland, and had other sub-ten peaks, but th those are the big ones. Oh, nice. Would you like to hear a snippet of House of the Rising Sun? Do I have a choice? You do, but our audience does not unless they head forward. <laughs> so, so here's a bit of House of the Rising Sun. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. By, by um, not Animal, that would be House of the Rising Sun. I don't, I don't even know. That was Animal meets Arnold Schwarzenegger. I have no idea what the fuck that was. <laughs> that, was that was painful. <laughs> That's, that's what she said. <laughs> uh, here's House of the Rising Sun. <laughs> God, I know. 
All right, how, how would you like a little wee bit of The Unfortunate Rake? Yeah. Cool. And by the way, rake isn't a rake for leaves. It's another term for a suave bastard. Are you sure? Well, if you'd like, I will pull up define rake, and it is, in historical context, a rake, short for rake hell, not analogous to Hellraiser, was a man who was habituated to a moral conduct, particularly womanizing. Often, a rake was also prodigal, wasting his usually inherited fortune on gambling, wine, women, and song, incurring lavish debts in the process. You already had that pulled up. You were going to read that anyway. Actually, I did not, but, but where I'm at, my, my uh, internet is fast as fuck. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I, I had not, but yeah, my system where I'm at is speedy. <laughs> I'm just very lucky that I got it kind of right. <laughs> anyway, here's a snippet of The Unfortunate yeah. Rake. As I was a-walking down by St. James's Hospital I was a-walking down by there one day What should I spy but one of my comrades All wrapped up in flannel And that was the one by A.L. Lloyd and Gordon Shumway, a.k.a. Alf Edwards. <laughs> not Gordon Shumway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so we'd mentioned uh, uh, the U.S. press popularizes the term folk rock and the Newport, Rhode Island Folk Festival where Bob Dylan pisses off by, by going electric. Mm-hmm. I would like to point out his critics of that particular thing are now mostly known for being unremembered outside of picking up girls decades younger than they are, because that is a thing. The people who are the most pop, uh, famous and vocal critics of this were really big on teenage girls. Huh. I'm not going to go into detail because you all have Google and can look that up. And all yeah. of them know, but a few of them, yes. And uh, I don't feel like getting sued by mentioning their names here. <laughs> um, no, no. But uh, you know, another thing that their critics are, uh, his critics are not known for? Being musicians? Being, well, actually some were, some weren't. Oh, okay. But none of them won a Nobel Prize in literature, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, there's that too. <laughs> so sick of dicks. <laughs> I would like to point out, that the Newport Folk Festival that everybody was upset that Bob Dylan played electric had only been around, this was its sixth year. So it's not like it was this hundred year old festival where Bob Dylan right. came along and played electric. It was started in uh, 59 by George Wine, who also had started the earlier Newport Jazz Festival. And when he realized how popular that was with sold out shows, his yeah. the Sunday folk bands uh, from the, his Boston Jazz Club, Storyville, with uh, artists like Odetta, Pete Seeger, the Weavers, he, he thought the folk festival would also do well. Yeah. So, so there is your context. Oh, man. I just burped. <laughs> Burp again.
Yeah, I will here in a minute. Sounds good. Well, probably won't sound good, but what the hell. Hey, I'm always polite so that you don't have to cut those out. I, I do appreciate I that. Always, I always point the microphone away and I don't do it for you. I do it for the listeners. <laughs> Whereas in our outtakes, you've only heard 10% of the times I've actually burped in the microphone. Anyway, but I put those in the outtakes typically as a funny thing, not to have it interrupt the flow. Right. I thank you on behalf of our listeners because you're right. Yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to miss in a few big hits that okay. are considered folkish, like A Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan in 1965. Uh-huh. The album, the actual whole album, uh, has some bit, but uh, specifically a song. But the 1965 Simon and Garfunkel album, Parsley, Rosemary, Sage and Times song, Scarborough Fair Canticle. Uh-huh is folk and it's based on an old English tune with similarities to the Scottish ballad, The Elfin Knight. Yep. Some of those things are where the album derived its lyrics and name. And as an interesting note that we hit on last time in the folk, me- uh, folk music thing. Music? Yeah, that's, that's the word. <laughs> Thanks. That's a buddy. <laughs> the uh, Scarborough Fair Canticle is done in Dorian mode. I see. I keep wanting to make a joke about Greek columns, and I can't always remember the names of the styles of Greek columns. Would you like to know, now that that one's done, but one of my personal other favorites, so of course I made the notes, so I'm going to mention all my favorite folkish type of things from this era, so I'll give Jody a chance to mention his too if he has any. Uh, I don't. Well, that that works out well. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I, I don't I don't dislike this style. It's just not something that I get into that much. Makes sense. Yeah. So you may mention one and I'll go, ooh, 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 yeah, that one. But (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Yeah, on top of my head, I can't really say that I have one. Let's see if I I have it in here. Uh, So my next one is Eve of Destruction. That is a good one. It is. uh, 1965, P.F. Sloan wrote it. Most famous version is Barry Maguire's. Little folkish, but also very, it's that, it's that 60s folkish progressive stuff where it talks about how we're killing ourselves. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay, then. Moving on to 1967. Thank you, Jody. <laughs> All right. Uh, in 1967, May 27th, the folk rock band Freeport Convention, who I've mentioned, plays their first gig in London. Next year, in 68, Sandy Denny will join the band, although she'll only be in there for a year or two, um, but she's mostly known for her work on Led Zeppelin's Battle of Evermore from their Signs, Zoso 4, Untitled album. The fourth album. That, or that one. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one after three. Yeah. One, two, five, three, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Your Schwartz is almost as long as mine. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, in July, moving on. (laughs) Uh, And and we've mentioned this in some of the previous Zep episodes, but the Yardbirds release Little Games, uh, July 67, which we'll mention more in the actual Yardbirds episodes. It's got some folksy stuff on it. It it does. Yeah. And it it actually peaked at number 80 in the U.S., so it didn't do horrible. 
they didn't do that great either. <laughs> no, and we'll we'll mention those when we get to the Yardbirds episodes. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yes, anyway. I, I, do, I do enjoy the album. I, I will say that. Me too. Me and the other nine little Indians. <laughs> it is the first recording of Jimmy Page's White Summer. Uh-huh. Who we mentioned in a Zep episode is based from Davy Graham's version of the Irish folk song, She Moved Through the Fair, originally by Padre Colum, indicating Jimmy's love of folk music that would play a huge part of Led Zeppelin 3 that will be coming up in a few months. Yes. Do you want to point out that in addition uh, to, to the Zeppelin episodes where we'd mentioned Bert Janch, mm-hmm. he and Graham, Davy Graham we just mentioned, and John Renborn, who we haven't, are the horny triumvirate of 1960s folk guitarists. So if you want to listen to some... Yay! <laughs> if you want to listen to some folky guitarist, check those three dudes out. Yeah. I do want to mention the style of music hasn't stopped. Many modern bands who create beautiful folk music incorporate rock to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and in the next episode, we're going to talk about uh, Celtic rock and Celtic punk. Um, but yeah. but there's all sorts of uh, it emerges. So when Bob Dylan added electric, mm-hmm. that's just a continuation, like Jody said about the blues adding electric when they moved up to do the Chicago blues. Yeah, and, and it keeps moving on. Yes, yes, it does. Well, it's always it, yeah, it, it always evolves. But, you know, then you have some people who don't want to evolve and they get stuck in a style and they just keep perpetuating it over and over and over and over. <laughs> And, there, and you know what? I like the people that are there that do that. I want yeah. those artists to keep it as old school as possible. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not saying that I, I, I want, you know, musical styles to die out because I don't. And I think it's kind of sad sometimes when they do that nobody performs that style of music anymore. I mean, that, that's seriously with the blues. That's something that a lot of people were concerned about for years. Of like, you know, what's going to happen when B.B. King dies? Who's going to carry on that legacy? Well, because B.B. King was really the last of those big names. But I think there are still a lot of people out there doing it. Just don't ask me what their names are, because I couldn't tell you right off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. We have uh, in Indiana. We have Governor Davis, who's still playing, who's an old school blues artist who's been around for decades and decades. I remember uh, when I was, I don't know, would have been 22, 23. I don't know. I, I was in uh, the Park Players, which is mm-hmm. our Park County's little theater group because I'd done uh, Grease and Fiddler on the Roof. I'd done a few things. And they needed somebody to do the annual melodrama they, they would always do during the Cover Bridge Festival. And they needed a director. Like, they had people who wanted to act, but they didn't want anybody, like, they had nobody to be in charge. And I said, I'll do it. What the hell? I, I, I was going to say I had an ego at the time, but we'll just laugh at that. <laughs> and, had? And, sure. And, 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 see, and move along. <laughs> um. So I said, sure. And some of the people that were acting were appreciative of the fact that I was 10 years their junior or 20 years, but they knew that Uh I want to do it, you know, but I, so I listened to them. So everybody was happy, but we added things like we didn't just do what was in the book. For example, Mel Brooks's uh, Robin Hood, where the sheriff's mole would change all the time. (laughs) We, we incorporated that into it with the main villain and his henchmen and Kyle Jacks looked at he's the henchman, looked at it and goes, wasn't your mole over there? <laughs> you know, we, we just changed a few things. And, and we had a few of the old school people, like two or three of them who bitched about it. And they didn't bitch to me because they're pussies. 
because uh-huh. they knew I'd tell them too fucking bad. Uh, but yeah. but I heard in the background that people were complaining about it. So I actually went up to him. I said, do you have a problem with how I'm doing it? Well, it's just that I said, no, you had the opportunity to be in charge and you did not. I'm doing right. it my way. If you don't like it, don't ask me to do it again. Now, they did not ask me to do it again. <laughs> but, but that's also a time where I wouldn't have anyway. I had other things. But that's where, you know, it's melodrama. It's right. supposed to be a cheesy, stupid thing. And I changed it a bit. I didn't want to keep it exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and you know what? You want to guess where the biggest laughs were? The, the changes. changes you made? Yep. Me <laughs> or the ones, the other people in the actual performance, the, the actors, what they mm-hmm. suggested. The changes that yeah. were current. And people loved it. So, fuck nice. off. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Captain Reverb telling me what to fucking do, you fucking crank. Anyway. <laughs> to keep with 67 for right now, mm-hmm. because we talked about Tim Rose. Yep. His song, Hanging Tree, is an excellent folk rock song. I bet I know where that goes. Oh, no, I, I just... I was just going to mention it's, I'm actually jumping ahead three decades because okay. it's from his 1999 album Haunted because uh, oh. Tim Rose had some drug issues. He cleaned himself up, was making a comeback with some help from Nick Cave, who we'd mentioned in our Devil's Tritone episode, Yeah, which is a drink because we're hearkening back to another episode. Oh, man. You're going <laughs> to me out of beer here. <laughs> uh, so his, his song Hanging Tree is, is fantastic. I'm just going to jump ahead. And play a snippet of something from almost 2000, just because I think it's good. Okay. There's a story down in Black Oak Hollow Told about a hanging tree where birds don't land And the devil's hand Saved a girl named Jessie White Back in 49, an angry crowd killed her man without a trial She shouted out, she'll all be dead For tomorrow night One by one, those evil men Strung up Jesse's man Came to meet the flames of hell Before they did intend They were shot between the eyes A piece of rope around their neck And it proved to all the folks in town That Jesse took revenge So that's hanging tree. Um, you you thought Jody that it, it, I was going to mention well, you, something else. Well, you yeah, it made me think of Gallows Pole. Ooh, oh, from Zep Three. Yeah, you know, or or, um, and I think I think I think this was the way Ledbetter had it, uh, uh, or Ledbetter. His yeah, his last name was Ledbetter. Ledbelly. Um, <laughs> uh, Pole was was the way he pronounced it. It is. Do you yeah. want to know where we're really going to talk about that? Uh, Led Zeppelin 3. 
You are so smart. <laughs> I'd say thank you, but I, I know one, you're being sarcastic. And two, I already knew that. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so I have one more thing for this episode. M okay. Moving on. Uh, 1971. Okay. Genesis uh -huh. formed in 1967. And this is while Peter Gabriel, I almost said Peter Chris, because we did Elder not long ago. <clears throat> yeah. Gabriel's still in there. They released their third studio album called Nursery Crime, spelled yep. the same as rhyme, just about with the YME, in November, yeah. which included as its first song, The Musical Box. This is creepy as hell. And if we ever do a folk horror episode that we've talked about, might mention it again because this song's about a girl, kills a boy, and a spirit goes into a musical box, and a spirit ages quickly. And he tries to get the girl who's still young to have sex with him. <laughs> it's That's interesting. It is, but it's it's really a creepy, cool, full core type of song. <laughs> I don't think I've listened to that. I may have checked out. Uh, but that is it to 1971. Do you want to know what comes next? Um, Led Zeppelin three. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's Zeppelin 3 which is going to be its own thing <laughs> so, so, so you fuck off <laughs> in this next episode of folk stuff asshole <laughs> we'll talk a wee bit about Celtic punk and Celtic rock Okay, and then we'll get into folk metal after that yeah and and after these episodes, of course, we'll get to Zeppelin three, fucker. <laughs> uh, hey, but you you you, uh, I think you did leave a few things out on this one. Oh, I probably did. What did you have? Well, uh, you didn't mention like Crosby, Stills and Nash, or Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, or Neil Young. I did not. I do have Crosby, Stills and Nash mentioned in the Zep three episodes. Okay. Because they took some inspiration from CSNN. But I, I, I yeah, I, I could have mentioned a lot more. Yeah. But I, I chose the ones I really like. And as good as they are, they've never been one of my favorite bands. Yeah, I probably might not one of mine either. But I, you got to admit, um, the, the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young song, Ohio. Oh. Pretty significant. No. Yeah, because it was about the Kent State shootings. and. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Very good folksy song. That is that progressive 60s. Uh, let's do better. Did you have others that I missed? No, those, that was the big one I could think of was, was Crosby, Stills, Nash, and then them with Neil Young and Neil Young without them. Well, thank you for those additions. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this guy looks like a real jerk. <laughs> These oil cans are exploding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 not going there. Not going there. Not going there. <laughs> I know we could we could do so much there. Hey, do you know where that movie premiered? <laughs> I do. It premiered in Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> do you know why? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh shit, I did. I can't remember, but oh, fuck. because Steve Martin, um of course we're talking about the movie The Jerk, which the jerk. is Steve Martin's first motion picture um he had done an interview where he had I, I don't know if he had actually performed in Terre Haute done his stand 
stand-up actor or not, but he he did an interview and he said something. He said some negative stuff about Terre Haute, and I don't know if he was joking or what because I've never read the interview or whatever. But um, the mayor at the time, and I don't know who it was, but the, the mayor of Terre Haute at the time invited him to come back to Terre Haute, and, <laughs> or to come to Terre Haute, whatever you know. And so to kind of patch it up a little bit with with the city, he premiered his movie Jerk in Terre Haute, Indiana. Yeah, I think you can actually YouTube a video of him riding through like some of like his interactions with Terre Haute. Nice. <laughs> I will have to do that because I had I had not really looked for that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <sighs> By the way, uh, because you mentioned it, I just looked it up, and there's uh -huh. some modern things on there. Martin has ever since more recently he said about this uh, that's a long time ago but it was fun i'm sure Terre Haute has two-story buildings by now <laughs> <laughs> you know they've even got some four-story buildings up i remember <laughs> the one they had they had four-story buildings up when he was there <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> uh, yeah I, I remember some of those buildings because <laughs> because you used to be actually able to go downtown and shop yep you take elevators up to the yeah. floor to get bedding and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, um, oh, man. Stories, anyway. From, stories from grandpa's Kenan now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, seriously, Terre Haute, we love you. <laughs> and so did all the prostitutes that were there from 1890 to 1970. <laughs> I got a story about that, but I'll save it. Ooh, save that for when we do the Terre Haute prostitute episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> So that's a perfect note. Until next time, I'm James. <laughs> I'm Jody. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm in a fucking well. Oh, here we go. The most important thing about a farewell tour is that the band doesn't lie to the fans and then come back years later. Yeah, he, he made a big deal about that when they were on that tour because he was he made a big deal about it when kiss did their farewell tour and then didn't stop touring uh, well no i take that back i do i have two albums that he played on <laughs> traveling wilburys volume one traveling wilburys <laughs> volume three <laughs> yeah because it's that's right those fuckers <laughs> I, was, I was holding the laugh in. <laughs> so, so you so so when you cut that you weren't actually going to cut off me laughing in the middle of <laughs> had, to, had to let that out in a snort <laughs> is there any other mode pie ala all right uh no let's not do that and <laughs> I, True, I guess yeah, i guess I that's a that there's yeah i guess that's a downside of doing these at the same time <laughs> yeah that's all right no big deal but yeah yeah she's foreshadowing she, dun 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 uh-huh that's a drink <laughs>